Last week on episode one of Find Your Puffed Sleeves, we talked about the connection between curating a capsule wardrobe and the creative process and how practicing the art of the capsule wardrobe helps us to embrace the creative process and reap the many benefits it can give. In today's episode, I want to discuss this hypothetical question. Is it possible to develop personal style without having a capsule wardrobe? Whether or not you agree with my conclusions, I don't think that we can move on to the four pillars of style without addressing this absolutely crucial question first. Hello, Kindred Spirit. Thank you for coming back. This is episode two of the Find Your Puffed Sleeves podcast, and we are here because This started out as an email list for those interested in talking about the connection between creativity and style, getting dressed every day, and it's turned into this. So um, yeah, a place where we can dive a little deeper into the things that make style what it is. And it's kind of a, a left brain approach to style. So today I want to talk about why is the capsule wardrobe critical to achieving personal style? Why can't you just buy what you like and be happy? Well, if you can do that, that is fabulous. But I think that if you're like me and if this is the reason why you are here, because you've tried that and you still have closet frustration. So we talked about this a little bit last week, but the capsule wardrobe is it has a definite beginning and end. So because of that, it is possible for the capsule wardrobe process, for the curation of it, to mirror the actual creative process. And the creative process is designed, I think, I guess we don't know for sure, but it sure does seem like it. It is designed in such a way to allow growth every time the cycle is completed. You grow in some way every time you finish the creative cycle. And I think a lot of our closet frustration comes in the fact that there is never an end. We just always think it could be better. And that's that just gets old. It gets frustrating. I think a lot of us, um, again, if you're listening to this, you probably want this. You just want answers. You just want to understand personal style or just the basics of style so that you can just curate a wardrobe that doesn't control you, that you feel when you wear the clothes in your wardrobe, that you feel empowered to just be who you're supposed to be and go about your life and do everything that you were called to do in this world. So it could seem a little out there, a little um, like maybe that's too much to ask, but I, I just don't think it is. So I think the question worth reviewing here is what is personal style? Or at least what do I say? What do I mean when I say personal style? So I mean, there's nothing wrong with wearing jeans and a t-shirt if that just feels like the epitome of you and makes you feel like superwoman. That's great. But if you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt just because you don't know what else to wear, then that's not your style. That's you being safe. So Personal style is figuring out the clothes that look right on you, but also the clothes that feel amazing on you, because you'll hear me say this a lot, but how you feel in your clothes always trumps everything else, in my opinion, because that's what our wardrobes should be, clothes that support us. You know, we're the heroines of our wardrobes. We aren't the victims. We are in control here. 
So we should be wearing clothes that support us and the things that are important to us and the things that we have to do in a day and in our life. So personal style is, and the journey of personal style, if you imagine the beginning point as wearing jeans and a t-shirt because you don't know what else to wear, again, it's not because you just absolutely love that look and the way you feel in them. It's because you're frustrated with that and you're looking for something better. So that's the beginning point. The end is the best example I can think is Iris Apfel. And we're not all trying to look like her because that's not, that's Iris. That's not us. It might be you, but it probably isn't because there's only one of each of us. So the end point is trying to figure out what we feel the most comfortable in, what makes us feel the most like ourselves, act like ourselves, and Um, also the clothes that make us forget about our clothes because we really shouldn't be thinking about what we're wearing. I mean, we should, that's the, that's the goal here. If you're thinking too much about what you're wearing, then you're just thinking about your clothes. You're not thinking about what you, the, the important things that you have to do in your day. And also end result, I don't mean the end of this entire journey. I mean, end of the creative cycle, because I think that's the other important thing to remember is that even Iris Apple is growing in her style and, you know, she's, up there in age, I believe. But if she were to live 20, 30 more years, her style would continue to evolve. She hasn't just reached this plateau. Although that being said, she has reached a point to where she knows exactly what she likes and she knows her personal taste, but she could travel more. She could um, become interested in a different artistic technique or you know, get into painting or something like that that could change her style a little bit even more and develop. So that's what I mean when I say the end. So we're, ju- we're just trying to get to the point where we have a really solid foundation where we know exactly what we like and we feel confident in that. But that's going to keep changing. And for, for all of us in the next two or three years, the next five years, our personal style is going to look a little bit different. So what I'm trying to cover in these episodes is what's not going to change. Like what, what about our personal style can we count on or at least move forward with confidence. So that is what I am calling the four pillars of personal style, fit, color, rules, and personality. So we'll get into all of those, but today I really want to talk about why the capsule wardrobe is critical to achieving personal style. So we've touched on that a little bit already. It's It mainly comes down to you can't develop, you can't get to the end of the creative process without going through it. And you can't go through it unless you are aware that there is a beginning and an end. So if you want to achieve the end of personal style, then you have to have a beginning and you have to understand what that looks like. And you have to have an idea, a roadmap, if you will, of what the terrain is going to look like between now and then. So we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to go over that again. But if you haven't listened to the first episode I would recommend you go back and just um, just to at least get familiar with what I mean by the creative cycle. It's a circle and what you can expect every time you start the creative process. So let's play a little game here, a game of the imagination. So I want you to visualize this with me, if you will. Imagine you have just walked into an art store, um, a, a real art store that only the local artists know about and it has everything you could imagine to create whatever 
your heart desired. So we have aisles of acrylic paint, watercolors, oil paints, pastels, all the kinds of paper, different textures, canvas, colored pencils, markers, you name it. And somebody walks up to you and says, congratulations, you don't have a budget. You can literally take home the entire store if you want to. The only thing is I would really like you to create something with the products that you buy that really express who you are and something that just really gives people an idea of what you're all about, what your beliefs are, what's important to you and just something that the world would remember you by if at the end when you present this product, the final, the finished product. Um, How would you feel in that scenario? Would you feel delighted or would you feel overwhelmed? Just ponder that for a moment and then consider this alternative setting or scenario. So imagine that you're in the same art store and the same imaginary person pulls you aside to a table and says, forget about the rest of the store. Um, You can choose between two different kinds of paint. And here's a stack of photos of, or not a stack, let's say here are five photos of a few nature scenes. Pick the one that inspires you the most and just represent it however you want and whatever style you want, just do some sort of painting here. Which of those scenarios sounds more appealing to you? And also, let's say this imaginary person controlling your creative process says this to 10 other people in the room as well. Would you all, if you all sat down at that table with the two different kinds of paint and the five photos, would you all create the exact same thing or even something really similar? Of course not, because you're looking at it from an entirely different perspective. You have, you know, your personal history, your personality, all kinds of things. That's, that seems um, like an obvious question. So of course, those same 10 people, given those same few items would not create the same thing. Okay. So one other similar scenario, just in case, um, just to illustrate this a little bit more deeply. And also maybe you don't consider yourself an artist, but you're a creative person. So imagine this scenario where you walk into an upscale grocery store and the same thing happens. Somebody approaches you and says, congratulations, I'm paying for everything. Your budget is limitless. Decide what you're going to make for dinner tonight. And you can Google any recipe that comes to your mind. Uh, If you see something that inspires you, just there are no limits. Just decide what you're going to eat tonight. What sounds good based on this entire store. Or if somebody said, I have stocked your pantry and your refrigerator. Decide what you would like to make based on these few ingredients. Here is a cookbook um, that has recipes for many of the items in the fridge if you are interested. Otherwise, just make what you want. So you open the refrigerator and there are a few items, maybe some cream, butter, eggs, cheese, some vegetables and fruit. And in the pantry are bread, beans, rice, pasta, those kinds of things. Which scenario would be less overwhelming to you? Which one would make you feel more inspired immediately? And then also just like the the art store scenario, if this second kitchen scenario, the one where you're in your own home with the fridge and the pantry stocked very sparsely, if that scenario happened to 10 other people after you, would you all create the same meal? Of course not. So I think you might be able to guess where I'm going with this, um, relating it to the capsule wardrobe and why limitations are actually more limitless. So 
if you think about the fact that today in our world, we have so many options when it comes to our clothes. I mean, how many stores, thousands and thousands of places that we could shop online or in person. And yet when you go to a grocery store or wherever else, where do people go these days? Everybody kind of dresses the same. I mean, there, there are things that are trending. They are kind of wearing the same silhouettes right now. The nineties are a big thing. So are there, you know, back around and you see a lot of the same, like rolled up mom jeans with the cuff at the bottom or um, kind of a grungy look. Everybody's kind of wearing their hair in the same style. So my question is, why? I mean, that's like everybody walking into the art store at the beginning where they have no budget and all of these options and they come out, 10 people come out all with the same things. They all have the same products. They've all selected similar paints, maybe just different colors. Um, so why in a world of so many options do so many people look so similar? So this reminds me of the book that I just reread. I read it for the second time. Um, I didn't grow up reading it. I know many of you have. Do you know what I'm talking about based on those vague hints? (laughs) Um, so I just read recently again, A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline L'Engle. And something that struck me in this rereading was how Meg is fighting sameness on Camazots and how creepy sameness appears to the children when they arrive on Camazots and they see um, they're in this neighborhood and the door, the front door opens at the exact same time on all of the homes. And at the same time, a child walks out and they start bouncing the ball I'm messing up this scene a little bit, but you it's, this is basically the idea of it. They're all bouncing the ball in the exact same rhythm at the same time. And then all their moms come out at the same time and tell them it's time for dinner. And they all bring the ball inside and go in at the exact same time. So Meg and Calvin and Charles Wallace have no idea that there is an evil mastermind behind all of this. But just right away, they have this feeling of something is incredibly eerie here. What is going on? So I just started thinking like, well, what are... What is same? What does sameness look like today in our world, in our culture, and how can we fight it? So, I think that's one of the fun things about personal style is, even if you don't have a creative hobby or you're just you feel kind of lost in that area, maybe you feel like you don't have the time or you just haven't really gotten into one particular creative hobby. Well, a capsule wardrobe is a really easy way to embrace and immerse yourself in the creative process because we all have to get dressed and you might as well experience um, just the process of how creativity works and use that as a way to get to know yourself better. And in turn, that will help you, uh, that will maybe give you some guidance in the creative hobbies that you might be interested in. So I talk about, or I'm going to, I talked about it in the first episode, but you'll probably hear me again talk more about the my own parallels between my development of the capsule wardrobe and um, not of the capsule wardrobe itself. I didn't invent, invent that system. Um, about how I create my own capsule wardrobe and how that often mirrors the way uh, or the, the, the stage that I'm in in my product line and the creation of my product line for my shop as well. So that's one of the reasons why I started talking about this topic in the first place, because so many people were saying to me, like, how do you find the time to do your business? And 
um, like what guidance do you have? If I, if I don't know what I want to do creatively, like where do, where do you start? And that's an impossible question for me to answer for a lot of reasons, but I just realized that it's not, um, it's not a business that people are craving. It's not something that's not the end result that they want. They might think that, that that's what they want based on if they're just looking at what I do, but really, I think what we all crave is just something that we can call our own, something that we can just really lose ourselves in and escape, but also not escape from reality. I think that when you really get into your creative, that creative realm and that, that zone, that you're actually in a stronger reality. And there's just something really magical about that. And if you know, if you know what I'm talking about, well, if you know, you know, <laughs> if you've ever been in that zone, if you're a writer or a gardener or a chef or whatever it is, you know that there's like this moment when you just are really submerging yourself into it and you just lose sight of everything else and can just fully dedicate yourself. It's kind of, it's the moment for me when I cease to be self-conscious because um, sometimes when I sit down at the table to draw or paint, for that first, for those first few minutes, I just feel really kind of awkward and clunky. I'm not sure where I'm going. Um, but once I get into that and I just, I don't have to worry about the result. that's just when you get into that magical moment and it's so meditative and refreshing and restorative. So that's what I think we all are looking for when we acknowledge that we have creative longings and we we want to get into we want to have better habits around our creativity we want to make time to pull out the paint set or to try new recipes or whatever it is so the capsule wardrobe is just a way to talk about the creative process in a way that involves everybody i could talk about my own um, development of a product line and you might think well that has nothing to do with me because i don't develop product lines i don't have a, an online shop so I'm talking about the, the capsule wardrobe because that puts us all in the same playing field. And I think we'll realize that the creative process is embedded deeply in many aspects of our lives. And once you, once you have that awareness, you'll start realizing like, oh, I, I do practice the creative process in this area of my life, but I never really, I I'm not disciplined in that area. And so I never get to the end of the cycle. So maybe if I was a little bit more structured in that, then I would have the satisfaction that I crave. So that's what this is all about once again. So back to my curation of the capsule wardrobe and this idea that um, limitations actually create more options. One way that I know that my capsule wardrobe has gotten a little bit bigger than necessary. So just briefly, in my capsule wardrobe cheat sheet that you all have access to if you are in my um, email list. I talk about that to build a capsule wardrobe, you have to have boundaries and rules and you don't have to have a specific number of items that you're going to have in your wardrobe, but you don't have to have a 10 item wardrobe or a 15 or 33 or whatever, but you do have to have some sort of boundary that you stick to. So for me, I don't count all the items in my closet, but I do have a small amount of hanging space. And my, one of my rules is that there has to be breathing room in between each hanger. And then I also have a little shelf in uh, a wardrobe that I can stack a few folded items. And I go through my capsule wardrobe at the beginning of every season, but Oklahoma weather is bizarre. And I always know that I'm going to have to maybe do a reevaluation a few weeks later because I've 
put too many spring items in when it's still going to be when it's you know warm right now, but two weeks later, it's going to feel like the dead of winter again. So I always try to just do the best that I can with creating a spring wardrobe, but leaving in a few winter things that are more transitional, but it never fails that a few weeks later I have to do a, another reevaluation. So sometimes I reevaluate because the weather is more consistent, but sometimes I reevaluate because I open my closet door and I feel like I don't have anything to wear. And whenever that happens, I know that that means that I have to pare down, that I have to take a few things away. And that just seems rather counterintuitive. I think a lot of times, yeah, we just, we, if we think we have nothing to wear, our first reaction is, oh, I need to go buy some new things because clearly these things aren't working. But without fail, whenever I start paring down and take removing a few of the items, storing them away, I realize that that's what I needed all along were just fewer decisions to make. Because sometimes when we have an overpacked wardrobe and we get dressed for a specific event, we try on an outfit and then we think, yeah, this this would work, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the right one. And because we have so many clothes, we think there's got to be something better because look at my packed closet. Like I got to keep trying on more clothes. So you might try on 20 more outfits and still feel like it's not the right outfit because maybe there is something better. So that that goes back to our analogy of the art store. That's part of the overwhelmment of, of that scenario is thinking, well, how do I know I'm going to make the right choice? Like, how do I, how am I satisfied by my decision if I know that, oh, I didn't even look at that next aisle? What if that's where my masterpiece is going to come from? So there's just a lot of energy wasted whenever we have so many options. And whenever you're wasting energy on decisions, you have less energy to create. So the idea of the capsule wardrobe is to eliminate as many decisions as possible so that what you are deciding between is the choices in front of you are all things that fit your body really well, that flatter, the colors flatter your skin tone and they make you look bright and healthy and they make you feel like yourself. So that's the goal here. And that only comes from narrowing down your options from these second scenarios of these little scenario, visual scenarios that I gave you. Okay, so pop quiz, which literary heroine who also happens to be the inspiration between the title of this podcast slash audio recording series, also had a capsule wardrobe. So this to me is really interesting. Anna Green Gables and Shirley had, I believe, three outfits. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever she comes to live at Green Gables and Marilla makes her the dresses, I think she says, and we'll have two dresses for school and one dress for Sunday. And we all remember this scene. This is where Anne says that she really wishes that they weren't so plain and that Anne had, I mean, and that Marilla had made one dress with puffed sleeves. So that right there is a capsule wardrobe by all definitions. But I mean, it's a very limited capsule wardrobe. That is a very capsule wardrobe, for lack of a better phrase. But yet... Even though that wasn't Anne's ideal wardrobe, she was still able to be herself and she was still able to live her life and it, was, it wasn't inhibiting her from being Anne. And the reason why she wanted puff sleeves was because contrary to what Marilla thought, Marilla just thought it was to pamper her vanity. Anne 
saw something in those puffed sleeves that felt like her, the true Anne. And that's what she was longing for. And I think that that's a part of what makes Anne's desire for puffed sleeves so endearing because she didn't think that she herself was beautiful, but she felt like she was always longing for a kind of beauty that she couldn't attain. She acknowledged that there was beauty elsewhere um, and she was always the first to admire it. She loved that her her own best friend was beautiful so that she could admire Diana's beauty. So I love that about Anne. I'm sure we all do. But and Marilla finally came around to that point of like, realizing that when Anne wore the things that she loved, that they actually didn't spoil her character and didn't flatter her vanity in the way that she thought. So sometimes I look at that as like, we're not, it's okay if you're not where you're at in your capsule wardrobe, if you don't have the clothes in your wardrobe that you really want, there's still this longing for something that maybe you can't afford right now, or maybe you just don't even know what it is. You're just still trying to figure that out. So Anne could still put her creative energy into her story club and playing with her friends and her imaginary world without her puffed sleeves. But she had a capsule wardrobe. She had few options. So she was not burdened with a lot of decisions. So even though it wasn't her ideal wardrobe, she just picked out one of two dresses whenever she went to school. So honestly, the alternative to having a wardrobe that that just embodies who you are as a person is to have a capsule wardrobe that maybe doesn't that's not there yet, that you're still working toward. There's nothing wrong with having a small wardrobe that is functional, that allows you to do the actual things, whether, you know, whether it's you have the right outfits to go to work that day, or you have the right outfits to work from home, or you have the right outfits to take your child to the park. Um, That is still, that's still a great, a great starting point. And again, so the capsule wardrobe is a foundation. Your first capsule wardrobe is just a starting point. So if you feel overwhelmed by the idea of creating a capsule wardrobe, one, go back and use my cheat sheet. It's free and it's in five simple steps, but it's not, they aren't very, they're specific steps, but they are, there's a lot of flexibility in them. So when you have to decide, you know, if I'm going to, if you're going to do a capsule wardrobe that is limited by number or space, for instance, don't overthink it. Just pick one. You don't have to be that confident in it. Just make a decision there and move forward. And then you can change it the next season when you reevaluate your capsule wardrobe. So I just, I hope I'm selling you on this idea. If you feel overwhelmed by the capsule wardrobe or you don't know where to start, if you're just not convinced that this is the answer to figuring out your creative or life or your personal style, um, if you're intrigued at all, I would encourage you to just try it because you might be surprised and you might learn some things about yourself that um, that are new. So we are going to wrap up with that today. And I look forward to talking about fit, one of the four pillars of style in the next episode. And we're going to just focus on that and talk about how knowing your proportions and your measurements and how to translate them is crucial to developing a personal style and also if you don't know those things about your body right now they could change everything so i can't wait to get into that i hope you'll join me and again thank you so much for coming back today so happy that you spent this time with me and i look forward to seeing you next time so until then don't forget to dress like a heroine and find your puffed sleeves 